Episode 30 of Gaming and BS, sponsored by darktheater.net, home of the character folio. Your host Sean, welcome to Gaming and BS, where I and my other co-hosts talk about gaming and geekery. And here is my co-host. Hey, this is Brett. Thank you, Sean. How you doing? I'm well. Happy birthday, Brett. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, Brett turned fifty today. <laughs> no, yesterday. Yesterday. Fi- yesterday he turned fifty. No, Forty-two. Thank you very much. Well, I'm not as old as Sean, which is nice. Oh, that's true. That's true. I'm as young as Sean used to be. But I look good. <laughs> I have used that on my wife before. My wife is a, c- a couple years older than me, and she was giving me crap for getting older, just like she was. And I said, "Baby, I'm just as young as you used to be, like years ago." Oh man! I was in the other room at the time, and uh, I had a door between me and she, so it was safe to do that. Right. So I'm yes, cool. yeah, gaming BS. I, I may I may sound a little different because I'm just getting over a cold, and I, I don't know if I'm going to be totally over it, but I may sound congested or may speak through my nose more than us Wisconsin people do. What's the uh, lovely part of being in the Wisconsin, Michigan area? I'm, I'm sure Wayne Humphrey that gets the same spring cold type of thing, right? And the, and the guys at Misdirected Mark have got to get this too in Buffalo, right? I mean, there's a certain point where the weather starts to change, you just want to not put on the heavy winter coat anymore. You put it away, you walk out, and you're like, ah, oh, crap, it's 36. It's not really warm enough for uh, this late spring jacket, but damn it, I'm going to wear it anyway, and next thing you know, you're sicker than hell. So. Yeah, we're getting some really nice days. I go outside, I go down to Kenosha, which is about 100 and, I don't know, some miles away from my house. It's over on Lake Michigan, and that lake, man, that wind is brisk. You're like, oh, it looks like 60, you know, it'd be really awesome, and you get out there, and the wind, like, freezes my head to like ice cube. I was up in my hometown um, this last week. This well, let's see, Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday. I'll talk about that later in die roll for some gaming with my pals on my over my birthday weekend. And it was cold. I mean, we had it was threatening snow. It was definitely cold enough to snow a couple times uh, while we were there, but highs didn't get above the forties. So it happens. So you're listening to a podcast that takes place out of Wisconsin, and if we don't talk about the weather, we get uh, we get ostracized and they toss us out of the state. Exactly. You have to bitch about the weather. Um, we have to complain about the weather. We have to complain about the bears. And at some point, we got to talk about beer and cheese, too. That has to happen yet this year. I've, we've got our checklist. We'll go through it. Hey, go Badgers. Hey, holy shit. I don't, even, I don't even follow college hoops <laughs> that much. And I'm like, holy crap, we're winning. Fuck, hold, wait, what? what? Did you Final watch the game? game? I did not. I missed it. Oh my god! I I, I played. I was I was running. I was running a, a oh. basic role playing game event at the time. So I I, I played some. It. I played some basketball in my youth. That was kind of my sport uh, growing up. So I do. I, I mean, I've I I played basketball. I know basketball. I kind of faded out of the the sports thing for a while and just gave up on it. I had my favorite sports teams growing up, and then I just. You know, I didn't have time for sports, but when I, you know, the World Cup comes around or Wisconsin goes to the Rose Bowl or something like that or the Final Four, uh, and I tune in, even to the, some of the other college basketball games, I won't tune in like the entire year, won't have any idea how anybody's doing. And then the tournament comes around in March and I'm like, 
if you're going to watch basketball that's of pro or semi-pro, I mean, college ball is the one to watch, right? It's a hell of a lot more entertaining than the pros and various other things. So it's it's a good – if you like basketball at all, that would be the way to go. But, I don't know if we have any Kentucky fans that listen to us, but hey. Our CEO is from Kentucky. Yeah, our CEO, the entire the entire org. He, I don't, is he from Kentucky or did he just well, – he's a wildcat. I don't know. He man. went to college oh. there. Oh. I know he went to college there. I don't know if yeah. he's from there. But our CEO in Madison, uh, last year I had to laugh at him because uh, they lost to UConn. And so I have – that's where I'm from originally. So I brought my UConn hat in and put it on top of my, my cube just so I can make friends with the CEO in case he walked by and saw that. he'd be. That's how we get, the best thing to do is to insult the man who's in charge of the company. Right. We work. That's hey, the easiest way. how yeah. about those Wildcats, sucker? Loser. Freaking suck bags. Yeah. Oh, we're undefeated. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, right, enough sports because you guys are probably like, good God, sports, get me out of here. Absolutely. All right, let's go to a random encounter. Oh, announcements? No announcements. Nothing. I don't want nothing. I think that was about as good as we got for announcements. Let's move on. Random encounter. Random now. encounter. <laughs> random encounter is a segment of the show where we talk about emails, voicemails, social media. You, the listeners, provide us. I don't know, feedback, comments. And this yeah. is where we feel them. Well, from last show, episode 29, we were talking about kind of the pursuit of the perfect RPG, the analysis paralysis perspective. We talked a little bit about that after Sean went through his uh, Gary Khan wrap-up. And we had a couple different folks commenting on uh, the different Google Plus uh, locations where we're at. And I think my favorite quote I pulled out of there was uh, from Christian Serrano. And... Um, I'll just read this little bit here. It's like two sentences long. Quote, most players I know don't actively participate in online communities and just want to play. They don't necessarily care about the system at hand other than the fact that they want something easy to learn slash master and fun to play, unquote. And I think that's kind of where Sean and I have gone a number of different times when, you know, not to rehash all of episode 29, but when you talk about running different game systems or playing in them, it needs to be fun and it needs to be quick to pick up or whatever the case is. And sometimes people are like, look, I don't want to learn a new game system just because it, sure, it might invoke this feeling better or do something slightly better, but I don't care. I don't want to invest another hundred dollars in another set of core rule books. I have one. I already know we can have fun with it. You know, I can, I know Savage Rules like the back of my hand. We'll just do that because it's fun and we'll, we'll play there. And I think that's, I think that, <clears throat> I think Christian probably hit it on the head and that seems to me, to be very true, not necessarily that. I mean, I know a lot of people who are active online, but a lot of people do have, they're like, look, I like this game system or systems, and these are the ones I play. And I go from this one to this one to this one and back again in some rotation. And you know what? If I never buy another game, I really don't care because I have enough. They're, do- they're doing it wrong. They're doing it wrong. They're God doing it, it wrong. You're wrong, everybody that isn't Brett and I. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Just- that's how we react to our listeners. No. Well, no. no, I'm I'm kidding. Yeah, I know you are. I'm kidding. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, hey, there. Well, there are people that we talk about. We talked about this in the last episode. You know, Ken and Robin, they're professional designers. Um, I've been doing it for a very long time. They'll analyze and tear things apart on their podcast. And the guys that misdirected Mark will tear stuff apart like this mechanic, how does this work, and so on. And <clears throat> while that is fun, and some people do enjoy listening to that and doing that type of thing, a lot of the guys I do game with, the men and women I game with, don't care. 
They don't listen to that type of thing. They're not involved in that. Right. All they care about is, do I know how to play this game? They really don't care if it feels clunky going from the core mechanics to the mini game of chase rules to the mini game of grapple. They don't give a fuck. They just want to make sure it has, it's fun. Yeah, grappling's hard to do in this system, but I don't care. It only happens every once in a while. We don't care. And that's generally what I find to be the case. Most people don't want to or care to really dig into the whole analyzing and tearing apart all the different systems to find the perfect perfect one. I just want a game. I just want a game, yeah. dude. Exactly. Yeah, and I th- and that's kind of, that kind of leads to the topic, which we'll get to in a bit. But that concept of I just I just want to show up to play. I don't want to have to sit down and and tear stuff apart, and I don't want to spend my free time doing it. Say other people, you know, boring, boring. I do think that Christian does have a very valid point in the fact that I think that a lot of people that are listening to us are the exception of the gaming community. There's so we're pretty big. But there are tons of people that I know that are completely removed from anything that a lot of us talk about. Like they don't, you know, unless they walk into a friendly local game store and look on a shelf and there's a new game there and they page through it and they're like, huh, this looks interesting. I think a majority have a set of maybe two to three go-to role-playing games and and maybe if a new edition comes out, they may consider it or not, but they just kind of stick with that forever. Well, I mean, I I look at some of the guys I play with in my home group, and I said, hey, I picked up a DCC, Dungeon Crawl Classics, and I was talking about them. Oh, I've not heard of that. What's that about? And I'm like, how the hell did you not hear about it? It's a huge thing, so on and so forth. But if you're not traveling in that circle, you don't necessarily know about it. And the, one of the cool things about the hobby <coughs> is that it is big enough and broad enough in different pieces and parts and whatnot that you can get into all the different nuances of the various different D&D, you know, edition complaints and so on and so forth. Or you could ignore all that and just talk about the Savage World stuff or ignore all that and just talk about GURPS, ignore all that or talk about – or, you know, you don't have to know anything and everything. But And there's so much out there. There's so much cool stuff, yeah. indie press stuff, all that. It's really difficult to get through and you have to to want to do – what we talked about last episode has to be a drive or a want on your part. Like my buddy Lenny said, you know, whatever. If, if that's basically for people who like design or to collect. Otherwise, you know, he's not doing that. And I get it. Well, I, I think I, I do. It. I do think that I there. So uh, Brett and I, along with other game masters and other people that like to buy rule books for whatever reason, I uh, I cannot put my finger on it. I, I'm going to tend to ramble in this, and I apologize, but there's always a driver in I think in every. And I don't want to. I don't want to say every game group, but many game groups have a driver, and that driver is an individual who is a little experimental. What's kind of, what's the other phrase? A, the alpha gamer in the group, right? The one who says, "Hey, I went and bought this right. new game." I want to try this. Well, that's my point. So if you have one of those, that can get other people into other games. And I think that is key. And Brett and I have talked about this before because I have this goofy project in my brain that I cannot execute on that I really sincerely believe that the GM or the people that tend to game master or tend to want to run games are the driving force of the industry. Yeah, Absolutely. I really I totally. believe it. I mean, I, I will stand on top of a mountain and say, 
they make the they make the gaming industry. And I'll say, I I might even put it out there where they may even stand higher than publishers because if they're the ones that are spending the dollar and they bring it back to their game group, if they if a publisher has it out there, obviously it goes hand in hand. But they are the ones that come back and convince somebody else. And if they really want to play it, they may even find a group to convince to play the game. Well, look at the dude from Garycon who bought like. 20 different or 10 different versions of Fate Accelerated because he liked the game so much, he loves to run it, that he bought copies of Fate Accelerated to give out. Oh, oh Hans? At, at the, at, at Hans. Hans did that. And that's one of those things where you have that now and you're carrying that with you. Like, oh, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I won't. You know? And that's and you, why it's really important to have really good game masters. It is. Because they will actually fuck your shit up to like – get people out of not only away from the game but out of the hobby which has happened yes right so i've had horse we've read, read horror stories online where yeah i i tried to get into gaming when i was like 20 or i was in college or i was a teenager and we had this guy who ran this game and he was a real di- dickhead about it like there was a, i think a few episodes ago where a female tried to get into it and the guy wouldn't let her play anything but a female and then if she was a female she had to play it in a certain way i mean she never played for years after that because the guy was a dickhead yep so what i'm you know i just uh, i could go on a complete rant on it but i do think game masters i mean worthy if if you're the game master who really likes experimenting grabbing different game systems trying different stuff say hey i read this and if your group is up for that i'm very fortunate that the core group of folks i game with i could say you know what i really want to do um, role master for a little bit, just throw back to something old. Everyone's like, you know what? We haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, sure, let's do it. Or I can pull out Knights Black Agents the next campaign and say, hey, yeah, let's give that a go. Not every group does that, but I still have to pitch it to them and say, this is what I'm going to do. This is why I want to do it. What do you think? Does this game sound like fun? And I'm there selling it, you know. And if they like it, then they end up buying it. We have Doc's group is a good example. So every other Tuesday I play face to face with a group of guys here in Madison. And they they play they're they're pretty open minded actually. Jimmy's got his go to shadow run. Doc likes usually playing uh, you know, five E Pathfinder. He's and he'll play whatever, but he'll run those. Um and then we're we're all, we're pretty open minded, but we're not really on the verge of we're not gonna whip out fiasco tomorrow. We're not gonna whip out oh, excuse me, um some of the more storytelling based GMless games. Not, but I think I, I could pitch it to them and say, hey, let's play Primetime Adventures. And they'd go, how do you play that? And we'd run a run, one shot and everything would be fine. But my point of the story is they are playing Savage Worlds currently. They're running a game. Ron is running it. I think it's the uh, the the Supers Necessary Evil is the, okay. the setting that they're playing. Nobody in the group owns Savage Worlds. I happen to have three deluxe uh, Savage Worlds rule books. And then I have like four settings. So they're kind of doing that, but I could say, hey, let's play Savage Worlds, and they don't have to buy anything because I have four rule books that I, who may be the GM, would want to spur that and say, hey, oh, hold on a second. You don't want to spend any money? That's cool. I have four I enough. I have four rule books. We'll, we'll, we'll spread them around. I'll make sure I bring them, and everything will be fine. And there are guys out there that do that. Alex Kammer is a freaking crazy guy. He's got like five 
first edition AD&D PHBs, five DMGs, five Fiend Folios, five Monster Manuals. Now he's a collector and he's crazy, but but his his. Well, he's got a ton of, and I have is, the same. I have I have a, I'm, granted he has a lot more capability and funding than I do. He's got a lot but more one, capital, yeah. Well, one of the reasons why I grab multiple copies of certain things when I get a chance is because well. I like to have mine, and the players like to have theirs. I've got three. I've got two boys that like to play with me, and my daughter likes to get in on it. So here's a PHB for you. There's one for me. I have this. I have that. One of the reasons I buy PDFs in addition to hardcovers is so I can have it all, you know, in different formats whenever I need it. So I can give one, give my hardcover to somebody else. I'll use the PDF. So I guess we're just hammering the point. But the 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 fact is that both Sean and I pretty strongly believe that if it weren't for Game Masters, these newer games, is the the hobby itself wouldn't be where it is right now. Yeah, and I want to go back. So wrapping it up and going back to Christian's point, what I'm trying to really say is that the hobby in RPGs, there is a huge, huge side of it. The majority probably aren't as... Um, they're not. You're right. They're not into the community thing. They're... I, I play with our group every week or every month, and that's it. They don't want to go to game stores. If they want to order a book, they'll get it from Amazon. If, you know, game conventions in town, they won't go. They just don't care. Like, nah, that's not right, but that's not right. It's not that they don't care, but that's their that's their hobby. That's their There's RPG. There's multiple levels of involvement in any yeah. hobby. Yes. If you're, if you're a hardcore motorcycle guy, I mean. Right. Sean and I both ride bikes, and there are folks that are like crazy ass one percenter biker gang dudes. They take it to a level that neither Sean nor I would ever ever dream of going. I'm gonna step up. Are you okay? It's about time. About that time of year. Anyway, <laughs> but um, you know, I've talked to guys who are into model trains or or airplanes, even guys who are into ultralights. You know, these little experimental aircraft stuff. There's people that are crazy into whatever it is, right. and those are the ones that the industry creates new stuff for. Right, because we're the ones that are asking for it. Right, yes. And I think, though, the majority of our industry isn't the people we associate ourselves with, Brett, when we talk to our audience. I, no, I think it's not. That I think a lot of people don't know we exist, and I don't think, I think a lot of them will never know we exist. And that's okay, but I'm just saying that I, I don't I think some people would look at it and go, no, I think, I mean, when I talk to, Andrew from Game Hole, and I was at GaryCon, and I'd bring up these different games and different editions and different things going on, and I'd be like, have you ever heard of this? No. Have you heard of that? No. And it wasn't bad or good. It was just he's not, like I said, his game group meets every week, and they play D&D, and that's the extent of it. And it's not, and that's neither good nor bad. Right. And I know some people don't, <clears throat> excuse me, some folks will say, well, you need to stretch, you need to do this, you need to, well... You, if that's what you want to do, if you want to be, uh, this is hard to say, but if you want to be better or you think this makes you better or it's something and you, you're, <clears throat> you want to stretch or you want to do this, it's a drive. It's not a need. You know, I, right. or, shit, I'm saying the hobby isn't making you do it. Sean and I could have the Red Box series and play basic D&D, Frank Menster, and do that forever. And never play anything else. We could play Star Frontiers forever and never play anything else or Gamma World or anything else you want to do. But we're pursuing and, the Holy Grail, man. Absolutely. God damn. It's a quest at this point. That's right. All right. It's out let's there. Let's move on. All right. Let's do this. Uh, a word from our sponsor. Michael Aldhauser, a friend of the show and sponsor, is the gamer behind the awesome dice bags available at grayedout.etsy.com. 
Yeah, I've got four of these awesome bags. These are stand-up bags, dual drawstring, tough as nails. He can do custom work. He's got a ton of things in his shop, custom colors, you name it, he can pull it off for you. Be sure to mention Gaming NBS for a 10% discount when you place your order. At the website, out. that's G-R-E-Y-E-D-O-U-T dot Etsy dot com. All right, we're back. So, as always, Brett came up with the topic for the week. Yep. Um, do you want to pitch kind of, it? Do, sure you, do you have players? Do they need to meet every week? Do you, have the, do you have a desire to constantly advance and push a story from point A to point B? Then you need a campaign. <laughs> or do you? Or do you? And I guess it's actually kind of – this is another one of those topics that Sean and I have, will throw out over lunch every once in a while. <clears throat> we'll be riding motorcycle, we'll stop for a beer, and we'll be bullshit. And then, of course, we're gamers, so we talk gaming. You should see some and, of the looks we get from the Hell's Angels that uh, sit down from the end of the bar with us. We're like, yeah, dude. Yeah, we talk about fireballs. Dude. Dude, you're totally an ogre. <laughs> you could totally take an ogre, buddy. Yeah. What the hell are you some, talking some of the guys I've seen out there probably could, too. <laughs> well, bad bastards. But Christian's uh, – one of the reasons I pulled this quote from the uh, for the random encounter section was because it got me thinking about this again. <clears throat> and Sean and I – and he went right kind of where I figured he would was the, you know, I just want to play perspective. And one of the things that – and he and I were chatting with Alex Cameron about this from Game Hole a while back before we were – actually, this is just where we were having dinner before we played with Frank Metzner's Adventure – and we were saying that one of the things with one shots or con games are fun and all, but we really like the concept of the campaign. You know, the story arc where beginning, middle, ending, all that good stuff and watching characters grow and, and it's about story more than it is, you know, murder, hoboing and, and so on. But then your halfling <laughs> is given a ring by a wizard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do, what do you do? My whiskey there. Sorry. What do you do? <laughs> so. But then, you know, Sean, I've talked about it, said, well, one of the problems with, you know, with running a cohesive campaign is when you set it up, you'd be like, okay, we're going to meet, my group gets together once a month. And Sean, like, look, that's not off enough to, for me. I want to go every other week or every week or whatever the case is. And it's difficult if you don't have the buy-in from the whole group at the right level. And this kind of goes back to another episode we had where I was talking about uh, cutting back on, potentially cutting back on some of the group players I have for different storylines. Just because I have 11 players that are possible to show up at my group, but I only have eight of them that are constantly there. There's that other – the other piece of them just due to life circumstances can't always make it, and I get that. So <clears throat> I'm trying to – I started thinking about different ways to have what I would consider like a non-cohesive campaign. And by, to me, to, to define that, I would – you know, a campaign, I start in point A and I'm going to end at point B, you know, the whole story piece, middle – ending all that crap. But if I look at an adventure like against the giants or some of the older, you know, <clears throat> series of modules, which are kind of these episodic sessions, you know, if you break them down into this session is about this one thing, almost a series of one shots that are that are linked together, but I don't necessarily have to have the um I can kind of hand wave the link, right? <clears throat> so Sean and the group sits down, I run them through the, you know, kobolds took my baby. I need to get it back. Okay, so you, you get the baby back. It's great. Good. Bring your characters next session. I'll have the next episode. You show up. Like, okay, after you guys did that, you went from that end of the kingdom to this other end of the kingdom because you're adventure troubleshooters, and here's the next thing that you're assigned to do. And you can have a story arc 
you know, that carries you from that to that to that. And it doesn't have to feel like it's a series of one shots. You can have a theme, you can have stuff recurring, you can have bad guys showing up from adventure to adventure, and you don't necessarily need to have all of the quote unquote boring in between stuff from how you decided to go from the end of the kingdom to the other end of the kingdom to fight ogres this time. You follow what I'm saying? Kind of. Are you talking about whether you need something to tie the adventures together or not? Yes, thank you. Thank you. That's a better way to define it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Do you absolutely have like, to tie it or can you hand wave it? Like, holy wow, shit. Wow, I went a long way around to get wow. there, didn't I? Holy like, crap. Hey dude, there's you can go you can cut through the backyard if you need to get there quicker. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's called that's why it says BS in the title, right? That's right. So I guess the other I Long way, really long way around. I think I'm like, <laughs> I'm like in the two neighborhoods over, trying to get back. You know, it's getting dark. Dad's whistling. I gotta get home. Um, I went through, and my group, not necessarily sat down, and did this, but we've redefined what a long term or what a campaign means for us. I used to run a storyline that would take in real time would take years. You know, you'd start this one after two years or three years of play, you'd wrap that one up, and then I'd start another one. We can't do that as often or we, the drive to do that isn't quite there or because players can't make it all the time. So we, I shorten it down. So a campaign is now uh, six months. Granted, that's only, quote unquote, only six sessions for us. But, you know, it's a four to eight hour session depending on wh- when we get to play. So a minimum of six hours we'll play. And um, if I get six or seven of those in, we're like, okay, that was cool. That was great. That story wrapped up. Hey, what's the next story here? Make some new characters. We'll come in for the next one. And that seems to work well. For, for our group, <clears throat> but I don't know because, um, Sean, you had talked to me about some of your friends saying, why can't we just sit down and play like we used to and why do we have to have this big campaign thing? And I think to our Alpha Gamer discussion from earlier, I as a game master don't necessarily want to run a series of just one-shots back-to-back-to-back or a non-cohesive, uh, you know, a hand wave the linking between the adventures piece because I want to have a more fulfilling thing, at least for me anyway, where I want to make sure that I, I play all those bits and pieces. As grownups, our expectations, I think, have gone exponentially off the charts. And I don't know why that is. For gaming? I think in general. Ooh, that's deep. I know, man. <laughs> stay, stay with me. Stay with me. I'm, I'm trying. Stay I'm with, trying. Stick with me. Don't lose me. If here. you look at, I mean, literally, I mean, when we were kids, I think we thought we thought things were really cool, and they we look back now and they're dumbish, they're dumb as hell. No, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, you know, what I, mean? I don't know what it is. If you blow out the nostalgia candle, you're right. You look at certain things, you're like, if I read first edition AD and D books from cover to cover, they are nonsensically built. There's, n- it, it's, it's hard to understand. It's difficult to master, so on and so forth. But people say, oh, those games, oh, they were so much fun, they were so much this. And sometimes we do tend to forget that. I used to argue nonstop how the armor spell, mage armor, worked in Unearthed Arcana. We had a two-hour argument one time in a game session as to how it should work or how it should function. Did it come to blows? You know, no, not quite. Damn. It came, you know, almost came to people quitting, you know. Oh, that sucks. <clears throat> well, and you've talked about people getting pissed off and, you know, chucking their books in the snow. And, yeah, my and buddy Jeff. <laughs> So I guess if we take it and just put the finer point on about what we're talking about here from a campaign perspective, I I agree with you in that I don't want to necessarily just have a bunch of different one-shots where I take a um, 
I'll pick on Dungeon Crawl Classics where I would just say, look, we're going to run a funnel, and then you've got a guy, and next time I'll run you through this module. And then here's the new module you'll go through, and here's the new module you'll go through. Um, or I could do the same thing with um, <clears throat> with some of the, you know, again, with the old TSR stuff, whatever. But I think that's where Pathfinder had, you know, adventure paths. Their pre-built story arcs where the series of adventures all had a logical and reasonable tie together. And one of the reasons I believe that that is so attractive is because we want that. As more mature players or even um, if you're coming to the hobby from video games or various other things, there's connections. People tell you things and, you know, there's always a, a something that draws you all the way through it. Well, they, I mean, Gary and those guys always had the, the three. I don't know why he did it in threes. Most of them were threes, but he had the series. I mean, you got the S1, S2, S3. You got the... B1, B2, B3, or whatever. So, I mean, there is some of those, <laughs> some of those take place. I don't think they're as, um, I think back then they were, you were more susceptible to being able to run them as independent adventures, and that's it. And it wouldn't matter. And they would be, you know, start, finish, complete. Now, uh, I think, or you could run them as a cohesive storyline, and that would be great. Yeah, with the campaign arcs, with I think even in Pathfinder and and Paizo's adventure paths, you can still do that. Like if you ran number three of six with a group, they would never know whether because they do tend to wrap up pretty well. They're ninety six pages, but they and I never finish one in any timely f- sort of fashion. Um. But, yeah, I guess that's the question, right? If you play an RPG, there's this kind of, well, I want my guy to live through a lot of different things, and those things are going to traverse over a period of, a period of time, whether that's six months, a year, six weeks. Well, it's character background, right? I mean, if I took, I'll take Kevin again from my Murder City campaign. His character had some really cool background stuff, <clears throat> and I didn't run the story long enough to really be able to delve into those bits and pieces. You take a guy like Zave in my group who likes to, who will spend a week noodling about thinking and taking notes. And at the end of the day, I go, hey, here's my character's background. <clears throat> His mom is dead. What part of the city he's from? This, that, and the other thing. Where he's at. And granted, those guys will put the same amount of work into a character if I tell them, hey, I'm going to run it for one session, make a character. Nine times out of ten, they'll put a lot of the same amount of work into the um, in the character's background for one shot that they would into a longer campaign. But uh, I don't necessarily, again, I don't think that's the, the norm. Um, like this last weekend, I ran two different games, two different RPGs, Warhammer Fantasy, uh, first edition, and I ran Cassium's basic role-playing for my group. And one of the, thing, one of the reasons I did it was because it was, we hadn't, I've never run Cassium's basic role-playing in a fantasy setting, which is what I did, and I hadn't run Warhammer Fantasy role-play first ed forever. So I pulled that out, brought it in, and one of the first things that the group would say is, this is fun. I think if we were to run a campaign like this, though, it wouldn't last very long. I think if this is a campaign-worthy game, or this is that, that's the kind of reaction I get to when I run a new system, you know, while we're doing the Holy Grail hunting, trying to find the perfect get game system, when I pull it out, one of the one of the uh, feedback bits I'll get, one of the first bits from the group is, "This one could make a good campaign," or "This one, eh, maybe two, three stories, and I don't think it would last very long." So that's kind of it. That's a measure 
that my group uses, and I think I do as well, as to whether or not that game system will be successful for me. Because I do tend to want these campaigns. I, I really feel that if I don't run a true story, and maybe it's short story versus novel in type of comparison, but I feel like I need to have a campaign where one session isn't enough, two sessions isn't enough. It's got to go like six or ten sessions, something big to really be fulfilling. Maybe it's just my hang-up or our hang-up. I don't know. Uh, so I have to apologize to Brett. I was a little distracted. My stupid 29-pound cat meows, so I'm like, I'll pick him up, which is a task. Um, Sean's got little noodle arms, and that cat was like jumped right on his junk there. So 20, he's, 29, he's, lucky, he's lucky he's not squeaking. 29 pounds, man. That's a big cat, bro. So he's talking, and I got the stupid cat, and I'm fucking around with the cat, and he's trying to have a serious conversation, so I apologize. But Every week with this I, He can't fire me. i majority <laughs> stockholder. <laughs> uh, so I think that with campaigns, uh, well, have you ever started a game and said, you know what, I'm going to run, it's going to be six sessions. Like, here's the beginning, here's the end. Verse, because I think we have to kind of define a campaign. I think we all get it. Point. Oh, right? let, so, yeah, let's, let's so, do that because I do have, because I freeform my improv and I'm homebrew guy. Right. And because of that, it, my group is very used to, Brett, what are you going to run? I'm going to run this storyline. Ooh, any idea how long it'll be? Well, it's going to go till you're done. Yeah, it's going right. to go till I'm done. And so we, that's not a very clearly defined ending at all. So I think there's like two things that we're talking about. There's one shots and there's campaign. And the only difference is a one shot is a one and done finished and you probably won't use the same characters again. Or there is not a tie from the one adventure to the next. Kind of like yes. there's a break, right? It's almost like uh, it's back in high school when you said, "Hey, bring your third level characters," because I bought the I bought a new module I want to run. Bring your third level characters over. We're going to do this. Or it's like a TV show that isn't a continuous storyline. Like it's Magnum PI. Magnum, okay, right? Magnum PI starts. He's got something that happens during the show. And the it will be of, resolved at the end of that. And episode. It resolves at the end of the show, and then the next week he probably goes through something similar. But it has, and and maybe maybe there's a little meta that might tie over. But typically, you know, you don't whatever. normally get the to be continued. That's not correct. Usual, right? So that's kind of what we can define as a campaign. Now, having said that. There are different types of campaigns, right? So there's the, we're going to run three sessions and that's a campaign that's done. Or like I, Brett sits down and says, I'm GM guy. And I know that there's this, you know, they're going to start out as this. They're going to get to a pinnacle. I don't know. Hamlet's hit points got the dips and ups and slips and slides or whatever he Robin lost your beats, your beats, you're up, you're beats, up beat down beats. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So you have that, and then you've got like the end, big bad, or whatever. The big reveal at the end, and they battle it or don't battle it, or maybe something else. Regardless, you might already have that in mind. Or then there's the other campaign where it's like, hey, we're gonna start out here. I have no idea where it's gonna go. Like that's I think the ten year 15-year campaign arcs. Like, there's no way you're planning that out for frickin' 10 years. 
Yeah, I mean, you can you can plan out different key events, but I would be. You don't have shitty. you don't have a ten year plot line in mind. I you, don't knew no no no. I mean, when I ran my World of Darkness stuff, I physically would back in the day when I would run that, I would run a story with a group of PCs. I go for a year or two years. <clears throat> That's back. We're playing every week. Go for like two years. Wrap that up. New characters. Great. Another year. Good. Another year with other characters. And I would physically make sure I cross connected the storylines, kind of like story arcs within comic books, if you will, where this piece I'd harken back to it in flashbacks or some kind of connecting, connecting tissue there. But I really didn't. I did not sit down and say I will have fifty two story arcs that are all interconnected, and at the end of it, I'll have this huge wrap up. I made that happen through. The very through the fifteen years I ran it, but that was a conscious effort on my part, kind of post fact connecting things together. But no, I did not plot out a fifteen year event because <laughs> I don't have those skills. I don't know anybody who does really. So when we talk about a campaign, it can be a few different things, and I think there is some. Most of us will know. Yes, it's a longer term. It consists of the same characters as long as they don't die. The well, same what, players. Though, what, you're, what you're saying though is that if for me, one of the things I have, and this is to have a campaign work, you need the commitment, right? To have the cohesion, I need the commitment from my players that they're going to show and say, great, they're going to do this. <clears throat> I can have things like in the gumshoe system where, hey, if you know you're going to have regularly six players, but there could be seven, but six are always there. Everybody, you know, it helps with build points to make sure things are accurate. And it, there's a mechanic in it to help deal with that. But even if there's not, I think it may be worthwhile <clears throat> as I get as I get older, time becomes precious, and everyone else has we've got kids, everyone's grown up, and things are happening. People say, look, I want to run a story. That's a campaign. I think I'm gonna start in May and I'm gonna to go to about October. Is that could you sign up for that and ask the group, can you do that? Yeah, I can totally commit. I can make it from May to October. May, June, July. October. Yeah, okay. I could I can make 90% of those games. Then I have my my old fear used to be if I told them when it ends, then that's going to change how they play, and I want to keep it mysterious. Well, there's a certain level of mystery, like dude, just stop. Does, yeah, it doesn't matter though. It it really doesn't matter. I, I have maybe not it's better found... that they know. Maybe then they start <clears throat> doing shit that they would never do before. That's what I like about one shots. They yeah, do, that's pe- a good point. When you're at a freaking con, man, you're like fuck it, dude. I'm I'm all in. If I get I like killed that. in the yeah, first I, hour, I'm done. Yeah. I'm I'm good with that. This guy lips off to you. I light him on fire. Why? Because fuck it, I can. It's like, whatever. <laughs> no, what What do I care? You can go no. gonzo. You're not yeah, going to do that absolutely. with like a, oh, it's a three-month campaign. I need this guy to live. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be worthwhile if I were to redefine it. Because I, and I said this in a previous podcast. I'm, I'm on break, right? Where the games I ran this last weekend, uh, yesterday actually, were basically just one-shot events. Or are, they, or, get the or are they? They absolutely were. They absolutely were. <laughs> specifically designed, I specifically built them just to be that. Because I TPK'd everybody, that's why. <laughs> it was really tempting, They're all actually. dead. They're all dead. The players, too. I Because we LARPed yeah. it. And, yeah, uh, right. And the players and are that's dead. That's how we roll. It's, so. Trust me, it's a one, one and done. <laughs> it's a one-shot campaign. Uh, anyhow. So, but... I. So when I'm coming off break, because um, I'm noodling on what I want to do next, kind of recharge the uh, the creative juices, if you will, and how am I? What do I want to do? It probably is worth my time to take a look at it and say, "Hey guys, look, I want to start in this month." And guess what? I'm looking at six different sessions total, about 
for the story arc. And I don't think anyone in my group is going to be like, oh, well, I don't think that's long enough, Brett. I think it needs to be 10 or I won't sign up. And if you don't want to sign up, then don't. But I have enough players and people who would are more interested that could say, look, I'm going to do this. Who's in? I can commit to that. Great. You got, you're the group for this storyline. And off we go. I don't, I don't think you have a group that – see, you can't use your group as an example anymore. No, I, I'm just – I'm talking specifically about me. Now, if I were to take that out to your group – and wait, the, the reason I say uh, the reason I say that is because your group's pretty <coughs> they're pretty easygoing. They want a game. Very, it's super tight. I right. mean, we're we're committed and we're none like, of them Look, are going to stand up and be like, dude, fuck you. F- six months? No. Now, now that you've said that, that's what's going to happen to me. <laughs> now that you've said that, enough of them listen to this. I'm I don't get... know why I would have said that. <laughs> now, if I would, however, though, put that aside, and, and Sean. Um, has invited me to come to uh, your D and D game, right? Oh God! So if I can, if I can figure out if I can make that, oh, I'm like, you know what? So if I were to, if you were to say, look, Brad, I'm starting over, and you actually you told me this at the beginning, like, hey, I'm going to run every other week. Yeah. Do you think you could get in on this? I'm like, you know what? I just don't think I can commit. How long are you? How long are you going to run? I asked you that. You said, well, probably about this many sessions. I did can't I? remember what it was. I did not. Yeah. You did. I don't even know that. Yes, you did. Oh, I totally was, did. I was totally yanking your chain then. I Probably were. Fucker. <laughs> I, I'm going to run until the adventure's done. Okay. Well, I don't Maybe know how that's I, what you said. I don't remember what it was. Because <laughs> I don't but know anyway, how long that's going to be. Those I, asked was, I'm like, I asked, like, what level of commitment are we talking here? I want to play every other week. You know, barring holidays, you know, horrible vacation things, I want to play every other week. And I, at the time, I'm like, look, I can't commit to that. I'm going to bail. Sorry, I can't do it. And... That may turn some folks off, but I think if I were to do it, if I were to say, hey, Sean, you and Doc and some of the guys you play with, I'd like to run a gumshoe game. I want to run Trail of Cthulhu. You tell me, hey, I know three guys that like to play. I'd say, well, I think I could run it. I'd like to run it for about three months. We can meet every other week. Well, how does that work? And I think that bargaining back and forth to define the timeline for the campaign in real time is probably a worthwhile conversation to have. So you understand the level of commitment <clears throat> excuse me, that's being asked of you and um, as a player just to make sure that you can show up and, and really enjoy it and, and help flesh that campaign out. Because, again, if we're uh, – to your point, when we, we as adults tend to look at these things and want to have more or more, more complicated or more fluent or, or um, fluid excuse me, um, experiences at the gaming table, it's worth having that discussion to set some of those expectations up front. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I like one shots too. I do. I mean, I like the two I ran yesterday, they were a blast. Had some fun investigation, did some stuff, had a couple big fights and that was cool. I would have a hard time sitting down and saying, I want to run a campaign, but it's only going to be three months or it's going to be X amount of sessions. Cause I don't, well, it's, it's going to be an estimate. You're going to say about well, X. Yeah. I mean to say we'll run six and no more. That I think that'd be asinine, unless True. you really want to. Unless you really want to railroad people through it. Well, right. Like, look, looking at anywhere from six to ten sessions. Yeah. So like, okay, all right. That means six to ten events if it's every other week. Okay, yeah, I can sign up for that. I could, I could play. I could play twelve times this year. Yeah. My, okay, great. My buddy Mark ran a long-term homebrew. Uh, is kind of a. I think it was a Pathfinder-ish rule set. Or three oh maybe I don't remember, but it was it was long and it just kind of went on and on and on and I, I it was 
I didn't know what was what we were kind of going. I don't. I didn't know what the end game was. Ah. And that was the one where I said, "I want to die, kill my guy." No, and I said, "Yeah, serious man. You know, when you get the next shot, you know, give Off me. St- stick it to him." And that's when uh, the whole party was like, "Whoa, he's dead!" Because like a lot of us hadn't died. And it wasn't that any of us were invincible, but it was just kind of like it would, you know. It's a good example is watching your favorite TV show and having the same cast every week to week to week to week. And it's that iconic character where they just did nothing really changes, or they don't, or if they and they don't grow, or they kind of well, do, but they're not really. Or even if you take that shit out and just say, look, they're they're never actually threatened. They're always going to make it. I think that we felt that it was going to be a fun, good adventure every week that we played. We would discover things and unravel things, and find different find different ruins and unearth you know unfound magic. And it was okay, but I think every week we always banked on the same people always being there. And so when my guy just was took the, I mean there had been other player characters that had died but I mean I think mine was seventh level and you know he didn't level us up every week it was really slow progression and I just said yeah man ax him it's cool and then you can use him as a plot point for something you know and maybe I'm, I think at that point I kind of exited the group itself but uh Anyways, but well, I guess to, to the question at hand though is that if I were to say, look, I'm going to run, <clears throat> going to run D and I'm going to run um, Blades in the Dark, I'm going to run whatever uh, spy game, whatever it is, and you're like, so is it like a? I, I mean, my my thought is that you're going to assume I'm running a campaign. And if I say no, it's just going to be a series of one shots. I just want to play every Friday. I'll pull out something. Well, you know, I'll tell you on Wednesday what character to make and, or to bring, and then I'm just going to run stuff. Would you be down for that? I mean, when my question is, you know, do you need a campaign? And I honestly think I to really enjoy a game, I do. No. As a as a game master, I think I do. It depends. I like variety. I get bored with the same shit forever. Well, I'm not saying again, if we define to our earlier pieces, if I were to say, look, it's gonna be, you know, three to six months worth of playtime, or three to six sessions, or six to ten sessions, okay, great, yeah, I'm in for that. But if I were to say, look, you know, just show up every Every other weekend, uh, I'll pull out a new game for us, or I'll pull out a one shot. You'll we'll play D and D, but it'll be different twists on that theme, or well, I'll just pull out a different module every every month. I don't. Would I, you do that? I don't think I could do that. I don't. Uh, I'm not saying anybody does that. I don't know. Maybe no, people do that, and I'm not aware of it. I don't uh, know. There's some indie indie folks <laughs> that play games, and they'll just whip them out on the table and say, "Hey, we're going to play. What are we going to play this week?" And then they'll they'll play it. Well, some of those are not campaign designed no like, um, no not, not what's really. the one i have um <clears throat> it's based on the parsley system parsley. it's uh parsley. castle Is yeah that, it's uh, broccoli or what no it's it's based uh parsley. it's the old uh castle zork concept where it's a like uh, kind of like a party game you say zork? yeah you're standing in room what do you do there's doors east and west been and eaten by a grew yeah <laughs> eaten by a grew you're dead but God, I can't remember what it is. It's sitting across the room. I don't want to get up from my mic right now. But anyway, point is, is that some of those games are not necessarily designed to be played. Oh, yeah, that's true. For ten we- for ten weeks, they're yeah. not. They, they they play out. Uh, so I would say, would I be open to doing that? Uh, I think if if somebody laid out an itinerary, 
<laughs> I, I, think had if a, I had a plan. No, I'm well, same buddy of mine, Mark. He was going to run. He was going to run a campaign, but he was going to. This isn't really a good example. He was going to run a campaign, but he was going to use different rule systems week to week to week. Oh, okay. but but I when I say itinerary, I say if you if you laid out like uh, uh, three, savage worlds today. Yep. Next week is fate. Yep. After that is this thing. After that is GURPS. Yep. After that comes. Yep. And none of them were tied together. I'd be, yeah, man, I'm totally down with it. Because then I'd at least know, because I'd have to get kind of like, I wouldn't want it sprung on me. Like, hey, tonight we're going to play Fate. I'd be like, I don't feel oh. Fate. Or, you know what I'm saying? But if I had an itinerary, I'd be like, oh, it's Fate tonight. Hmm. And I'd even read the book, maybe, if I wanted to, or touch up <laughs> on something. I don't know. Okay. It wouldn't have to be. It wouldn't have to be a long-standing campaign. But that's that's me. I don't know if that's I'm maybe unusual. Because I think for me, I really, I really to to really enjoy the game or whatever it is, I need the campaign. And I think my when I play with my kids, read too many long um, books. It might very well be. I read too goddamn <laughs> much. Um, but both of my boys are like, so we can keep the same characters. Yeah, okay, that's great. They want to see him progress. When AJ's like seventh level cleric died, he was like physically upset, and he was. You know, granted, he's you know eight, so Dude, I get I'm it. Dude, I'm telling you, man, I had a friend of mine who threw his books out in the snow. <laughs> I know, I know what he goes through. So, so I talked him down. He made a new character. It was really cool, and he was a real He'll badass dwarf. It. Yeah. And it was fun, and he totally got over. It. He he understands it. Yeah. But they love this idea of this ongoing piece. They want to carry the story. AJ's it's read the, the level Hobbit. system, they, man. Well, yeah, the, a little level system. The, but he, part for AJ, hey, he's man. very. AJ is very story driven and he wants to make sure that you get to the next chapter in the Hobbit so he can understand what's going on. And we had this thing, what happened with that dragon? And I, there was a snake cult from two adventures ago. Where's the serpent's dad? How come these are guys aren't back? Did we kill them all? You're I mean, fucking dad. You won't ever know. <laughs> that's that's, what I told that's him. tough. That's what I told him. God, I threw a beer can. Did at you him really? Said, Shut up. No, I did not. <laughs> a beer can. Yeah, I threw awful. a blatch can at him. Shut up, kid. Jesus. <laughs> Somewhere there's a story. What you're crying. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I'm, and I'm that's how we do I it. Am. That's how I'm gamers that. roll in northern Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen. Hit them with a blat scan and move on. <laughs> well, hey, it's tough love. Tough love. Honestly, though, I mean, if I were to say, hey, I'm going to do that thing, <clears throat> set an itinerary in different games, I could do that probably for a year and then be like, yeah, I really want to campaign again. I just don't feel, as a gamer, I do not feel fulfilled unless I have a campaign, a story arc. To go from point A to point B, just a series of one shots with different game systems. It's entertaining for a bit, but after that bit, I'm like, yeah, give me something I can really sink my teeth into. Yeah, I do think that a major. I don't know. Write in, tell us, gamingandbs at gmail dot com, and let us know. Are we? Is Brett crazy? Which is possible. But I do think a lot of the gamers. I mean, I think we just we play in campaigns. We want the big long story arc, whatever, whatever long is that could be three weeks that could be three years um but you know absolutely and i think if you as we've said many times you know communicate communicate if you define saying hey look the campaign's running x number of sessions and again i've not done that before honestly i've usually said hey i'll end whenever the hell i'm damn good and ready to end it but if you set the expectation of about this many sessions from here to here then the commitment level is easier to sign up for and people have an idea of what's going down. I think that's, you know, it, it's probably very elementary to say it out. You know, it sounds really basic to say it out loud, but it's not something I've done. So it's worth, at least from my perspective, I learned something today, Sean, and I'm glad to have learned it. Thank you. Shit, man, don't thank me, dude. 
<laughs> I might come back and bite me in the ass. That's our right. usual method. I talked myself in a circle till I got to where I needed to be, so thanks. All right, let's get into die roll. Two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery we want to share with you, our only listener. Yes. <laughs> Brad, Brad has a I've few got, this week. He's, I got four of them. He's on top. He's on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go through. Um, on top so, of it. As we said, I turned uh, turned 42 yesterday. So hey, I hey, think, the meaning of life. Exactly. I think. <laughs> I think Chris. Uh, Chris said something from Misdirected Mark. He's like, "Oh, sounds like we need to do some singing. Check it out in the next episode." Oh, like, oh yeah, God. that's right. So, I saw that. So that's I awesome. I gotta make sure I grab the next mix, dude. I I would I would That'd be funny. I would hope that he would send me a time and date, and I would just get on the air and we I'd record it with him. That would be funny. Anyhow, um, <clears throat> so it was a gaming weekend for me. This is kind of I've started doing this a couple years ago with my crew, and whoever can make it, we take. Thank you. I take the uh, Friday off, and whoever else can take Friday off, we show up. And Friday is usually like board game day. That evening, <clears throat> somebody else runs an RPG, and Saturday I ran all day. So we board games on Friday was City of Thieves, which is uh, by Fantasy Flight, and Space Hulk, the new edition of that that I bought a while back, had I had a chance to play. And then we had also played Seven Wonders, which I played that late Saturday after we were done RPGing, but I got to play that as well. That was a lot of fun. I ran then my Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, the first edition stuff. That was a lot of fun. Had a little chaos hunt <clears throat> out in the woods. That was great. Uh, had the char- guys build the characters so they could appreciate the the career pathing and all that stuff. That's that's uh, that system is famous for. So that was cool. And then I ran Chaosium's basic role playing as I alluded to, and uh, that was a a play test more or less for my Avalon world to see does that system work there because I think it'll be a better system to let the guys do some of the different skill based things that they want to do and really. It really worked uh, pretty well for that, the way I've got that world laid out. And by God, it was a lot of fun. And uh, <clears throat> we spent a lot of time post that game talking about <clears throat> how we think it would make a really good campaign game. And that's what we, I think, will do next. They like the system? They loved it. Loved they it. Loved love it. the system. Why did, they love, why did they love the system? I think part of it is the familiarity of um, Call of Cthulhu because we've all played Call of Cthulhu. And it's the same, same engine. And it, because it allows you to, without the class structure, it's classless. It's all right. just different. I mean, there's professions and stuff, but you can learn any skill. Right. And they like the idea of being able to do that without having to say, well, I want this one feature from the cleric class in D&D, so I'll take a level in cleric to get that, two levels in cleric, excuse me, to get that power, and then I'll go back to being a fighter or whatever it is. So I can talk about that more in a different podcast, but it was fun. And then my buddy Lenny ran uh, his uh, New World of Darkness uh, game. It's about uh, teenagers. That was a lot of fun. That's the new first World time of I've... Darkness? Is that... Yeah, New World of Darkness. It's the uh, blue book by uh, White Wolf, okay. as opposed to the original World of Darkness. As opposed to the Monty Cook's World of Darkness. Yes, that's a totally different thing. Cookie Monster. Cookie. The Cookies. Yeah. yeah. Cookies, cookies uh, <laughs> W-O-D. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, as we've said before, we call him Cookie when you know him as well as we do. Monty Cookie. Um, but it was really cool. So Lenny, thank you, man. If you listen to this, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that that's great that he and, and was, he ran, which is awesome. He did, and he's been running this for a while. And I just finally had a chance to kick into this storyline. Uh, he worked me in really well. I've got a character that's a lot of fun, Jack Carter. He's a good dude. Jack so Carter. A, yeah, he's a badass seventeen-year-old kid. He's fun. That's <laughs> it's Brett turned forty-two. Remember. 
<laughs> registered I think, 42. I think there's some correlation there. I'm just could, saying. Could be. Could be. <laughs> and I forget what I was talking about. My character anyway. just turned 17. Exactly. And I went to the local friendly game store up there, Johnny C's, and uh, they've gotten a much better selection. The staff has improved their attitudes and so forth. So I've uh, stopped there every time I go up now. And I picked up the Heart of Glorm, which is a Mice and Mystics expansion set. My kids and I are having a lot of fun with the Mice and Mystics board game. And I also grabbed a copy of The Duke, which is uh, I've seen Mo Toussaint, our Canadian gaming god. Is that a John Wayne board game? No, it is not a John Wayne board game. Oh, it's shit. more I liken it to a uh, it's a cooler version of chess to me. Chess is um, kind of stuffy and rather boring in my perspective, and this is more this is cooler. I like it. Well, all right, Pilgrim. All right, then. The other piece is that um, this is coming Saturday. <clears throat> I'm going back up to my hometown with both my boys this time because my buddy Zave and I going to the Everest Gaming Club. This is the same group that runs Evercon, and Zave and I are going to run some different RPG seminars for the kids, and then we're going to game we're gonna uh, dm and i'm gonna have some of the kids who are through my little dm seminar coming in game mastering with me then my boys will get to play it'll be a lot of fun you know what you should do what <laughs> this is coming from man that didn't, that didn't sound very what should, I, what should i do what should i do come on man give me some credit God damn. <laughs> i am i am wow okay. what a response what what <laughs> tell me what to do hey you to display the art of GMing, you should say, "Look, it's really not that hard, and I will show you." And Zave, you and Zave, right? You say, "We'll yep. show you," and you get a group of the kids around, and they give you the three terms, just like Iron GM. They give you three terms. They give you like an environment, uh, uh, a monster, or something. Which, it's it's improv. It's not at the improv, right? Give me three things yeah. I can work. Yeah, and, I'll make and then an and then you make this. an adventure with it, and you, you say, "See, much look, it's, it's, you pretty much hit the nail on that. That's how we're going to go at it." Well, Jesus I, Christ, man, there you go. It's a totally good idea. Happy Easter, by the way, Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you. Yes, once again with the blasphemy episode number two. I, Here we go. I just I said it as an expletive, and I figure I turn it into the holiday. There you go. Sorry if I offended. And the last anybody. one, we've got a link. I've, I've got a link out there in the show notes. This dude built a. Uh, a bolter gun. It's a Warhammer 40k. It's the uh, a gun that the that the uh, Terminators use. It's pretty cool looking. Does it work? Uh, no, it's a prop. It's uh, a prop. Boo. It does not shoot. Yeah, boo. boo. <laughs> but it looks really cool. My buddy Lenny is like the prop king for our group. So I uh, posted a link. Hopefully he'll grab that and build me one. That would be neat. <laughs> That's what I've got. Sean, you're up. All right. So Will Wheaton has now, if you don't know who Will Wheaton is, uh, he played the guy in Stand By Me, and then he um, he started Tabletop. <laughs> I like, like that we just skip over that other thing that he did. That's I don't know what else he's done. I, no. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, look him, look him up, man. I don't know him from anywhere else. IMDB, dude. He's the guy in Stand By Me running down the railroad tracks, and he yells, train. Yes. That's, that's his most famous line. But not the rock group, train. No. I'm off. The, anyway, carry I'm on. Off my rocker tonight. Will host tabletop the infamous uh, YouTube series of board games, and now they're going to do an RPG series, which I don't even think has been announced. What the actual name of the RPG series is called? So instead of tabletop, our so tabletop does every episode. They feature a board game. They play the board actual, game. Actual play board. Actual game? play board game. Okay. With 
YouTubers and actors and producers and comic book writers that Will and his crew round up to play. And it's good. They actually did Cards Against Humanity, which if uh, you get offended at anything, you should watch it just to, you know. It's just to really get offended. That's a good game. To get really offended at. But so he announced recently that uh, he, for the new show, for the RPG series that he's going to run, and he actually announced who the, the players were going to be. And I have to admit, I, I don't recognize them off the top of my head. Um, they are going to use the age system. Dun, 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 which is by Green Ronin. So if you've played uh, Dragon... Dragon Age. Thank you, which I've sold, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but Dragon Age, it's a D6 type system. Um, that's what he's going to play, and he announces that. And I have a link into the show notes uh, to Green Ronin's site announcing that. So it'll be kind of interesting. And he and actually with Will, I have to give him credit... You know, he states why he picked the age system and he did it and he explains it very well. It was very well thought out. It wasn't like, you know, well, because Green Ronin like volunteered it and we don't have to pay for it or whatever it is. They totally sponsored the show. So yeah, I have to play this game. Yay. Right. Yeah. He, he said, look, we want to do it. That wasn't something like mainstream, mainstream. We wanted to do it that it was quick and blah, 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 blah. So he put some thought into it, and that's what they came up with. Um, now, if you remember in Tabletop, they did do one RPG, and it was on Dragon Age. Um, and there you have it. I think Chris Hardwick was on that episode. Anyways, moving on, Simon Rogers um, from Pelgrim Press writes an article for Minimal Prep Gumshoe Game. Uh see, and... Uh, I used a plotted version of the suggestions in the trail book that is work backwards from the horrible truth to the hook. I'll do this on the fly. So he writes that in an article on Pelgrim Press. So I pull that up because uh, we've talked about gumshoe system and I think it's something that you might want to take a look at if you're a fan of that system. And if not, maybe you're not interested in that's cool. Other one, Lankmar City of Thieves by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Uh, oh, I gotta buy another file for the Gray Mauser setting. God damn so it! So you gotta check that out. And, I'm, and you know the reason I brought that up was huh, interesting because it sounds like the estate of Fritz Lieber um, seems to be kind of making its rounds through the DCC and Joseph Goodman Games uh, channels as well as Pinnacle Entertainment. But if you're a Lankmar fan, like my co-host B. Absolutely. Then you'll you'll find it beneficial that hey, more hands, uh, the better. Well, Longmar's been in uh, TSR had it. You know they did that. There's a Longmar board game back in the day. They had uh, I have I think pretty much all the um, RPG supplements that they ever put out for it. And uh, the Hero Quest system had a Longmar series, if I'm remembering that system correctly, which I never got. And Pinnacle, I, I'm not a Savage Worlds fan, as I've said before, but. The production values and kind of the information that they pack into stuff. I love the Deadlands setting. I bought the Deadlands Reloaded book simply for the setting information because it's an awesome, cool bit of uh, inspiration. So this might definitely be worth my picking up. Some of those setting books from Pinnacle and their associates, uh, third party. They're really freaking cool. They're big, too. They're like thick books and well-published. Interface Zero by Gunmetal Games is very impressive. Heard that. Even if you don't like Savage Worlds, Phil Vecchione, if you like Cyberpunk, it's something to check into because it's it's good and it's high production value. Totally worth purchasing if you're a Cyberpunk dude or dude. Cool. 
I think we're good, man. So yeah, if you've uh, if you like the show, thanks for listening so much. We very much appreciate it. Uh, do us a favor, go on iTunes, leave us a review. Uh, it helps us get added exposure. It gives us bump in the rankings, and we want to yep. keep, keep hitting us on the uh, Google Plus community. That's fun. But I am. I love hearing what folks have to say. Yeah, do what Brett says, or he'll come and hunt you down. Throw a Blatz <laughs> can at you. <laughs> damn, God damn it! I am your co-host, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night, good game, and all. Good night.